Welcome to One to Watch Wednesday featuring independent and emerging artists and bands from across Canada and their songs. My name is Sarah Scott. Thanks so much for hanging out today. In the spotlight this week coming out of Ottawa, Ontario is the very talented, very fun country songstress and songwriter Sam Davs. This is absolutely the most coolest conversation. You are not going to want to miss one second of it. Now, of course, in this episode, you are going to learn a lot more about Sam. We also talk about how she is the expert on a brand new music she started called Witch Country, also known as Spooky Tonk. <laughs> absolutely love it we also talk about all of her songwriting and how she comes up with the greatest lyric ideas and comes up with the coolest concepts we also talk about how she sees herself as a songwriter first how she's also done production and a lot of stuff behind the scenes but how she's evolving into a solo country artist herself and she's one heck of a country artist, let me tell you. Well, I don't have to. You're going to hear all about it. <laughs> and of course, so much more. This was a great, great, great conversation. And of course, you are going to hear two of her incredible songs. Now, one of them is sung by Nicole Ray, but it does have Sam's words all over it. It is called Graveyard, and also, you are going to hear her debut solo single that is one heck of a sassy number. It is called Wish You Were Hotter. Well, I'm pretty darn excited for this episode, so let's get right on into it. Well, first off, Sam, thank you so much for joining me on One to Watch Wednesday this week. I am so excited to get you on with your new song, Wish You Were Hotter, which is such a bop, by the way, and it's so honest <laughs> and it's so good. It just spoke to me. <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad that it spoke to you. That That's awesome. Well, I'm sorry that it spoke to you. In this <laughs> act. Like, I hate that, that people have to, you know, feel the same pain that, that I've gone through, but I'm glad that it did, you know? We unfortunately relate on that level of just dating yes. apps and guys. And well, we are here to talk about you today, the amazing one right now. So <laughs> yeah. let's go back to the very beginning of your musical career. We got a lot to talk about today. So you are a very multi-talented Canadian songwriter, artist, and producer who's been working in the country scene for well over five years at this point. But you're not new to the music scene at all. From my understanding, you've been doing this since 2010. The first time you recorded a song was back in 2010. Your first music video and trip down to Music City was in 2011. Your first show, big stage and song release was in 2012. You have this fantastic timeline on your website, by the way, that does span over a decade and you've accomplished so much, which is so awesome. But it was 2022 when you decided to reintroduce yourself as Sam Doves. So tell us a bit about that transition and tell us all about your very wonderful musical journey you've had so far. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for those compliments. That was great. Yeah. Being in music or music has just always, that's come so naturally for me. I kind of started it off when I was, I'm going to say when I was 14, I just kind of loved, I think everyone in songwriting, I feel has was inspired by the queen Taylor Swift and kind of heard of her and was like, you know what, if she can do it, I can do it. So taught myself how to play guitar 
and just kind of wrote those little kinds of probably not really great songs. I'd, I want to go back and listen to some of the songs or look at some of the songs that I wrote way back when and see them because they're probably hilarious. But yeah, so I, I kind of started back then looking at songwriting as something that I loved and, and how to express myself. I was bullied when I was younger and, and didn't have very many close friends. So I found that music was a way to to heal, but also to express myself. So from there, like you were saying, with, with the whole timeline, kind of got into, into producing, not producing, or working with a producer, recording some stuff. And I was very lucky to, to make a really fun music video when I was in grade 12 with some friends. And then, yeah, did some uh, open mics and some stages around my hometown here in Ottawa. And then I kind of realized at that point that I also, as much as I did enjoy being on stage, I also loved being behind the stage. Um, I kind of loved seeing what was what was going on behind the board. And uh, it was definitely less nerve-wracking behind the board. So I actually went into music production and music business in post-secondary school at Algonquin College here in Ottawa. Got two diplomas there, and I absolutely loved it. It is, I can't say enough great things about that program taught me so much fell in love with producing fell in love with kind of a different side of song making song creation kind of through there is when I started everything you know kind of that's when things just kind of started to blossom yeah I kind of took a little bit of time off after that just for some personal reasons some some health issues but back like you were saying in 2020 is during the pandemic I started co-writing picking songwriting back up I haven't looked back since then been very fortunate and very lucky to work with some amazing people and now I have my first single out so that's great that is so cool so in 2022 when you decided to reintroduce yourself as Sam Dobbs tell us a bit about that and when did you decide that heck yeah this is my time yeah well first of all I the reason why I decided to do Sam Sam Dobbs was because my my actual last name is Davio and I feel like even when I was younger in high school and, and middle school growing up, no one could pronounce my last name properly. It was always Daviao, Daviu, you know. I just figured even when I was kind of coming up and starting music stuff, people were always having difficulty. And I always I always thought it was hilarious, people trying to pronounce my last name. So I said, well, let me try and make it a little bit easier. And let me reintroduce myself as like a new kind of era of me kind of coming back into into music and feeling more confident in what I'm doing, having a few more years under my belt and make it a little bit better, kind of have that stage name, you know, that everyone kind of goes by. That's why I kind of shortened it to Dabs. Because also in high school, we had five Sams in my class. It was a nightmare to try and figure out which one was which. That was my nickname, Sam Dabs growing up in high school. So I said, you know what, why not? Let's just do that. I've kind of always been my friends. So call me that I thought that might be kind of cool, something different. I love it. I absolutely love it. Well, ever since then, and even well before then, you have been fearlessly paving a way for a new way in the country music scene by trying to capture and mesh the essence of folklore and country influences into every song that you write and create. And this is so cool. You have music called Spooky Tonk or Witch Country. That's amazing to me. We're going to get more into that aspect of your life yes. here in a couple of minutes as well. But tell us a bit about your songwriting process and tell us a bit about Spooky Tonk and Witch Country. First of all, I've always been into that kind of the, the witchy stuff. I do call myself a witch growing up. My, my mom was definitely into that stuff. So I was always around it. So it's something that came very naturally to me when it came to songwriting 
was that I loved using darker imagery when I was writing things uh, in, in the way to describe something, describe a scenery, describe something that happened. I loved using those types of, of words or way to describe something, but also the way things sounded. So very, in for example, I always use Miranda Lambert as kind of an example where hers is really gritty, really dark, or another thing would be like outlaw country is very mm-hmm. similar, where it's a very kind of gritty and dark sound. And I felt like that was where kind of I love to sit in that type of realm. So when I started co-writing, actually one of the one of the first few co-writes that I had, one of the co-writers, um, David Madras, he kind of was like, Sam, like you just you really like these types of imagery, don't you? You really like writing about the moon and writing about of witchy things about tarot cards and writing about all these types of things. And I didn't actually didn't even realize that I did it until he pointed it out. And when he did, he goes, you know what, that's your niche, you should just go for it, go and kind of dig into it, find that, you know, find what you love and own it, you know, so I can't thank him enough for pointing that out, because I kind of went with it. Now I have people coming to me, artists and other songwriters being like, Oh, my gosh, I have this idea, I would love to write it with you very kind of darker imagery, some fun tunes some fun bops, very, as you'd say, witchy. And my friend, Buddy Elliot, who's out in Calgary, she's another amazing songwriter and artist in herself. I feel like you might know her because you're out out there. She said, Oh, my God, you're like spooky tonk. So she coined that term some witch country. And so it just kind of took off. I'm going with it. I think it's amazing. And that caught my attention right away. Spooky talk. I'm like, what the heck is this? (laughs) I want to know more. So that branding, A++. Yes. Thank you so much. (laughs) Yes. And the branding goes with it. Amazing too. I love it. I want to have like a whole clothing line or like a whole merch stuff. Just I want to be a songwriter with my own merch. So I think that's just something that is natural for me. So that's why I kind of went with it. That's incredible. Well, we are going to be talking more about your witchiness and all that cool stuff here in a few minutes. But we got to keep talking about the music, of course, but I am very excited to talk about all that kind of stuff. (laughs) So you have worked with Bretton Rose, Amanda Kind, Jackie Wills, as well as Nicole Ray, Megan Dawson, Serena Hagerty, and Hayden McHugh, just to name a few artists that you have worked with. And you have written well over 200 plus songs. And from what I know of you, just from what I've seen on Instagram, just from chatting with you, you're a pretty introspective person. Do you tend to explore your own understanding of everything that's going on in your world within your writing? Absolutely. I feel like being vulnerable in songwriting is as hard as it may be. It's the best way to do it. Even if it's a song that I might not be using and cutting myself as an artist, I feel like how people in a room, like the people that you had just named who are all fabulous, people connect with mostly something that is vulnerable. And I feel like when I want to, if someone comes with me with a, with a very kind of hard idea, you know, to talk, to write about, you need to reach into that type of feel within your heart and within your mind to be able to get to like that really, really good, you know, like, oh, damn, like that was great. Like that was a great way to say something. So you definitely have to be introspective. You definitely have to be kind of aware of how you're feeling and like self-aware, I find, but also try and look at different ways of saying things or different ways of people viewing things because everyone views things differently. And I feel like that's kind of the best way or how I approach at least songwriting. That's incredible. I love that outlook. And with writing and collaborating with so many different kinds of artists of many different genres from what I've seen, have you had any moments in a writing room that you just got very excited about or very emotional about? 
Oh gosh. Yes. Uh, there's definitely, yes. I'm trying to find a, like a good one. Yeah. I feel like emotional, like actually, I mean, I don't know specifically like the new single that came out, Wish You Were Hotter. It was a very emotional time just because what the song was about had actually just happened right before a co-write. And so I came into a co-write literally bawling my eyes out about what had just happened. And so we use that vulnerability and that emotion in the co-write to create the song. When we were able to, to pull from that, I think that's how you can kind of feel that within the song, which is really cool. And then when you finally, like you were saying, when you were finally getting, we get it right and you get those words and, and you're able to express yourself perfectly and how you want to, it is definitely a very emotional feeling, either being exciting, but also sad at the same time. But I've definitely also had rights where I have written songs that are about very heavy topic, either about it being domestic violence I've written about, I've written about bullying, I've written about heartbreak, I've written about things like of that nature that, you know, if you want to write about it, you need to write it in, in the best way possible. And to do that, you really got to unlock some really things that you might not want to unlock sometimes because they're hard to process. Mm-hmm. And so definitely those writing rooms do get emotional, but it is great. It is great when you finally get to that point. That's really cool. So it sounds like you have dove into a lot of different, really great topics right there. But is there one topic you want to write about or explore that you haven't yet? Oh, that's a really good question. Oh my gosh. I got to think about that. I think for me, as as a person, I love writing about things that people don't like to write about because it's too hard or people don't like to be outside of the norm because they don't know if it'll do well or they don't like to speak out about something because people get flack for it so I think maybe I do want to write a good a song I have which I actually haven't yet about some like systematic oppression that society faces in many different ways but, but writing about that, I think, is something that is, is going to be a very touchy subject and you have to do it very well. But that is something that I do want to write. But also, even specifically as a woman, I want to write about that, which I have a little bit, but I do want to write more of. Yeah, and using your voice and, and you know, that woman empowerment and, and those types of things. And also, like, you know, domestic violence and those really, really heavy topics. Because everyone, unfortunately, does go through that, you know, mental health, stuff like that. I feel like there needs to be songs, even though it's a heavy topic, there needs to, it needs to be talked about, you know, fully agree with that. That's incredible. And I love your introspection on that as well. That's amazing. Now, (laughs) we are going to play a song that you had as your first songwriting cut here. So your voice is not on this, but heck, yes, your words are on this song. It is Graveyard by Nicole Ray. What a great song right here. So before I add it in here, you got to tell us more about Graveyard and how it came to be. Thank you so much. That's so sweet. It has been this little song baby has taken off with its little wings and has flown so far. And I am so grateful to Nicole for everything that she's done with the song. And uh, my fellow co-writers, David Madras and Hayden McHugh, they were wonderful. It was so great. We were in a co-write. I had never met these guys before. How it kind of came to be was I had actually just been ghosted. I was upset and I just said, you know, I have been ghosted so many times. I should have a graveyard. They were like, oh my gosh, if that's not a song, I don't know what is. Then the song kind of came to be very sassy bop. Nicole, it just kind of went through different things. David played it on Nicole's all man show that she does. 
once a year. She was like, hey, I need that song. <laughs> is anyone cutting it? I need it. This is I need this in my life. And I love that that enthusiasm, you know, when an artist hears something and it's like, I need it. I need it right now. We were so thankful for that. And it has been absolutely amazing. As my first long writing cut, I can't even begin to think about everything that has happened with it. So I'm so grateful. I absolutely love it. So I'm going to get you to introduce the song here before I add it in. Absolutely. All right. This is Graveyard by Nicole Ray. I hope you're ready to get spooky. Enjoy.
there is Graveyard by Nicole Ray that was co-written with our guest today, Sam Davs. Thank you so much for being here again, girl. Absolutely loving this conversation. Now, you have said that you are mainly a songwriter. That is why we're focusing on the topic of songwriting the most today. So we're going to continue on here before we do talk more about you, which I'm very excited to do, of course. So... (laughs) Country music has become a lot less restricted in terms of both the songwriting and lyrical narrative. You kind of talked about this a bit earlier with how you like to write your songs with deeper topics, deeper meaning. But do you feel like you've been able to express yourself more regardless of the genre with country, with pop, with even rock starting to open up with songwriting and lyrical content? That's a really great question. I definitely feel like country as a whole has definitely opened up a little bit more when it comes to what it's accepting of, which is wonderful. But I definitely feel like it has a lot farther to go. Now, this is just my personal opinion. I I do love how it is also including a lot more of, of rock influences, of pop influences. I believe that genres are going to kind of mix and match with each other. And I love that kind of outside of the box type of stuff, because that's how wonderful and great things are going to happen. But when it comes to songwriting and, and the creation of songs, I feel like they're still like you were saying with, with certain topics, I feel like There's a lot of things that people are within country are are scared to say. Part of my main thing is I want to be a rebel and I want to say those things that people don't want to say. Hopefully uh, within the country scene, people are going to, I do see more and more people who are are a lot more, who are a lot bigger in the spotlight uh, standing up for those things, which is great. More specifically like Maren Morris, who is absolutely wonderful. I love her. Casey Musgraves, Miranda Lambert. They are badass women who love to stand up for what they believe in musically and also personally. And I think that's wonderful and will do great things for, for country music. Love that answer. So that, <laughs> that definitely leads into my next question here too. Everyone is beginning to realize the power of streaming and how people yeah. are now responding to music and the industry starting to really listen now too, which is great. And it's becoming more progressive and forcing a lot of artists out of their traditional approaches to releasing music. So as a songwriter, as a collaborator, as a producer, as an artist yourself, does that put more pressure on you? It does. Having just released the song, I've definitely seen it more from the the song, like the, the artist side. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I released music when I was younger before, streaming wasn't a big thing. So having seen it before... And now it's a very like, it's a very big dichotomy. And I love having had both aspects, which is great. Because before when I released it, I had a CD, like I printed and copied my little EP, and I sold it to my family and friends. And now they're used as coasters, you know, (laughs) like that's what it is, because everything is streaming. And it's wonderful, because it's so accessible. Everyone can just stream. It goes immediately to everyone. But it is a lot of pressure, I find, I think more so on the artist side of things trying to, you know, get pre saves, trying to get the, the playlist pitching, trying to get to people to listen, right? Because if it's not in front of you, you're not going to be able to, to listen to it or find it, especially with algorithms and stuff like that. So I feel like it's great in one aspect because it's, it's at your fingertips. It's really easily accessible, but also it is a lot more stressful, especially for an artist, because as a songwriter or a producer, our kind of jobs are, are behind the, the scenes, right? We kind of do everything before it's released. So that's where our kind of pressure is. And then once it's there, it's like, okay, artists have fun, you know, 
it's 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 yours now. Um, even though obviously we we do love I especially for me I do love helping to promote and share whenever I can because it is a a collaborative effort with the whole team. But I do believe that it is a lot of pressure on the artist to just kind of to try and get those those pitches in and like and just to get your name and your your face seen, your music heard. So for sure. So with that said, now as an artist yourself, as a solo artist now, not as the producer or the songwriter, do you feel like this is going to affect which kind of songs you release or which songs you do release? Absolutely. That is the harder thing because it's specifically for like streaming, I find. And and I mean, I'm still relatively very new to this when it comes to the artist thing. So I don't know, I don't have a lot of experience when it comes to that. So I'm going off of what I've kind of learned over the years and or through other people. But I find that either specifically maybe radio or certain playlists or certain people, they like a certain sound. Mm-hmm. So or they like a certain idea or a certain type of, of thing because that's what people really, really like and enjoy, which I get. So when you're trying to do something that's outside of that, it's a lot more difficult, a lot more pressure on you to kind of continue doing that. So when it comes to choosing like what songs you're going to put out, I know for me, even this one as my first single, I was like, okay, well, I want to keep that creativity. I want to keep that still outside of the box feel that I want to pursue. But I also want to be somewhat commercial, I guess you could say, in the sense of hopefully people will will want to listen to it a little bit more because it has that more of a sound, more of a feel to it. So it's definitely a fine balance. It's it's walking that line and a lot of pressure. And I feel like I always I said to to some of my friends, I said, for me, because I, I do feel that songwriting is number one for me and I'm a, an artist second, I do have a lot a little less pressure than someone who is an artist first and you know, that is their main focus. But still, it's it's a lot. It gives me a very good perspective, very different view on things for sure. For sure. So with that said as well, how are you continually adapting and learning in this ever-changing environment because it truly is and you have worked with several several artists before too as a mentor and as just an artist as we do help each other out quite a bit what advice would you also give fellow artists on learning and adapting in this ever-changing industry yeah how do I keep up constantly just be open to new things like you you can never know everything and as soon as you think that you know everything you don't (laughs) Like you, you can always, you always learn and also work with people specifically for me, like with songwriting, work with people that you look up to work with people who will make you better, a better songwriter, a better producer, you know, a better artist, like work on your craft, you know, put in those 10,000 hours, never stop pursuing that passion. Even if you are, you know, Miranda Lambert, I feel like that would be my kind of mindset of things. All right. Well, it has been so wonderful talking about your songwriting and your music, but let's get personal, personal. (laughs) So you are very into witchcraft and you do call yourself a witch and you're into spooky stuff and you're into all that really, really cool stuff. I'm into that kind of stuff too. And you said that your mom was into that. So I'm taking that you got it from your mom, but rolling forward with it on your own, what made you super interested in it and how are you... How are you doing it? Oh gosh. Yeah, like definitely I feel like from from a child my my mom and my my family they they always just the basic simple of follow like manifest things, like, you know, believe in yourself, your intuition and then 
crystals, you know, those type of basic things. And then just just because it kind of grew older, I started to just learn more about it, do more research and found that within like that realm of things, I found a home like I felt more safe and I felt more seen and more I felt understood by it. So definitely, it just kind of felt something that I wanted to pursue as, as a person, I guess, or wanted to be a part of and how I keep up with it is just there's a great community here in Ottawa actually I have a side business called Cosmic Jackalope and where I like a a craft business and we I do mystic markets here all the time in Ottawa and there is such a wonderful like witch and coven community here so I get it on both sides music and kind of craft stuff so it's wonderful and and just kind of surrounding yourself with like-minded people and I went to a witch expo this past weekend and just kind of being around people who who believe in the same things but also I guess just just have the same mindset and don't think you're you're a little loopy I guess <laughs> is is what the best thing is you know I identify the same as Phoebe from friends and that's okay I've always felt like I was Phoebe I'm always going to and everyone loves her so I'm everyone loves Phoebe so heck yes yeah. go with Phoebe I love it <laughs> yeah <laughs> Just before we play Wish You Were Hotter here in a couple of minutes, well, in 2023, you and your Cosmic Coven, it looks like you're going to be releasing some more songs, you're going to be doing some more shows, but let's elaborate on that. What do you got going on in 2023? Yes, so many exciting things. I'm going to, I have about, I'm going to say, I don't know, I think it's either four or five songwriting cuts coming out from some amazing artists. I can't say everything just yet. But I'm so, so, so thankful that uh, these these other Canadian artists have, have felt connected to these songs that they've wanted to put their voices to them. So those will be coming out in 2023 or early 2024, but mostly this year coming out. Definitely some shows around Toronto coming up. Nothing kind of super planned as of yet in the sense of that I can kind of talk about it. But other than that, more so just kind of working away songwriting lots of songwriting always doing that usually two or three songwriting co-writes a week going to the C- CMAOs in Hamilton this year and then the CCMAs as well in Hamilton so it's going to be a jam-packed year I'm very excited it looks like or it sounds like I should say it sounds like we're going to have a lot to look forward to as a listeners and as audience members and a lot going on for you too that is wonderful So last but not least here, we got to talk about Wish You Were Hotter that we mentioned at the very beginning of this interview. Unfortunately, we both relate to this song quite a bit. (laughs) But at the same time, this song is a jam. It is so good. It is such an earworm. Tell us more about how you wrote this song. The inspiration is kind of heard throughout this song, of course, but tell us a bit more about it. (laughs) Yeah, so I I co-wrote this song with wonderful artists in themselves. Patrick James Clark, Peter Perez, and Ali Dutton. Kind of, I, I mentioned a little bit before what happened was this gentleman this that I was speaking to, kind of talking to. I thought, we, you know, we were we were going okay. We were, we were we were talking, things were going smooth. Kind of out of the blue, I he told me that if I was just a little bit hotter, he would actually consider dating me. And I. You know, that that's really harsh in a sense of everyone can have preferences. That's completely fine. But just the way that that was said was like, holy moly, man. Like, that's I think everyone's bad. jaw just dropped when you said that, too. We're like, rude. Right? <laughs> like, that is it's like, just wow. I probably would have rathered him ghost me at that point, honestly, than say that. But 
anyways, yeah, so I, I it was completely unexpected. And honestly, it had kind of been said somewhat similar to me in the past, just because I am a plus size girl, which I, you know, I love my body. I love I'm confident in myself. I mean, I always have my days like everyone does, but I've taken a lot of time to get to this point. And because you only get one body. And this is the body that you're given and you got to love it. The fact that that someone kind of values looks more over than personality, even though, you know, attraction is important in a relationship to a partner. That to me is what kind of really irked me. So when I went into this, this co-write sobbing (laughs) because someone just told me this, I actually wanted to cancel it, but thankfully Peter convinced me not to went into it and kind of explained the situation to the co-writers. And they said, well, hell yeah, let's, let's write this jam, you know, like, let's write this song, let's use this as therapy. The song kind of came to be in a sense, I wanted to take back those words and make it mean something more where he said, I wish you were hotter to me. So I'm going to say, well, I wish you were hotter on the inside. I wish you weren't as shallow. And that's kind of where the song kind of blossomed. And I love how it turned out. I love how it turned out too. You are a gorgeous, gorgeous girl with a gorgeous, gorgeous voice and a gorgeous, gorgeous song. Coming up right now, I'm going to get you to introduce it for us. All right. Well, here is my debut single, Wish You Were Hotter. Time to heat things up. Here we go. If a smile is all that mattered, then you take the cake. If blue eyes won the gold, there'd be no mistake. All it took was a truck to be sexy Behind the cover of the magazine, easy You got all the right moves, know how to talk smooth You got that going for you But you would've been hotter if it wasn't skinny If you didn't pretend that you cared about me It would've been hotter if you just opened up You're so superficial and it just ain't enough Just 
Sam Debs with her debut release, Wish You Were Hotter. And a few minutes ago, you heard a song that she helped write with Allie Dutton, Patrick James Clark, Peter Pears, and sung by Nicole Ray called Graveyard. Both of those songs and all of their music is available wherever you buy, download, or stream your songs right now. And you can follow along Sam Dav's very exciting and very promising musical journey on every social media platform and on her website, samdavsmusic.com. That is S-A-M-D-A-V-S music.com. A massive, massive thank you going out to Sam for hanging out on One to Watch Wednesday this week. That was so fun. You are more than welcome back anytime. That is your One to Watch Wednesday for this week. My name is Sarah Scott. Thanks so much for hanging out and have a great rest of your day.